Thanks for joining us on the Oasis Church Podcast. To find out more about Oasis, visit CelebrateTheJourney.org. During this episode, Pastor Dennis Ritchie shares a great message that will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up a Bible, grab a notebook, or simply listen along. Interesting Sunday for this beatitude as we celebrate veterans and honor them. To fight for peace, it's a very interesting human condition that we experience. It's the story of Gandhi, and, and India was under colonial rule, British rule, and. Um, He was trying to lead a peaceful demonstration for their freedom, and violence broke out. And he wanted to stop it before it got out of hand. And so he enacted violence against himself. They they called it a hunger strike. He called it fasting. And he went on, in that instance, he went on for 17 days with no food and just a couple sips of water a day. He was willing to suffer for peace. In fact, he was willing to die by violence for peace. War is a very common thing across our, our, in our worlds. Um, ideologies set against one another. It really does seem good versus evil many, many times. World War One, World War Two, with the um, the Holocaust and uh, the Nazis, as they their goal was to take over Europe. Uh, six million Jews lost their lives. We lost many men and women fighting. We had Korea. We had Vietnam. We've had Iraq and the Middle East we've been involved in. In fact, in the 3,420-something years of recorded history, there's only been 268 years recorded that have known peace or no war. And we don't know about those years that obviously were unrecorded. In November 2001, my son Ethan was born. And his generation has not known peace in our country. We've been at war. With the internet, with the news, we we see these images sometimes as they're happening. And there's a lot of theories that have been churned around over the history of humanity on how to bring about this, this idea of world peace. How do we just get everyone to live at peace? Now, we've come up with ways to stop individual conflicts, and, and many times we have to step in to fight against evil so that evil can lose and be stopped, but yet we pay a very big price for that. And so we've 
stopped individual conflicts. We've stopped um, individual instances where evil was trying to suppress humanity and murder. But we haven't figured out world peace. And the answer to it isn't some uh, ethical philosophy that we have to kind of figure out. In fact... The answer for world peace will never come from a human perspective. Humans will not solve the problem. Because the answer is, well, at its very core, it's a theological answer. We need a humanity that has been radically changed on the inside by an outside power greater than itself. And so really, we need to deal with the human heart. You know, no one in their own strength, no one can even live consistently the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I mean, and it sounds really good, but, but even at our best, we, we fail in consistently living that way. Remember last week, we mentioned Jeremiah. He writes in chapter 17 of his, of, of his book, and, it's, and he says that the heart is deceitful beyond cure. Beyond cure. We can't fix ourselves. So how in the world can we even think that we're going to fix the world? And yet Jesus, really, it's not the last beatitude, but, but it's the, the seventh one. And all of the others, the other six, build upon this one. Jesus presents to us a very profound truth that is worth the church unpacking, understanding, and engaging. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That right there is a big truth. And we need to take it to heart. So it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit, I, I really believe, that true inner peace can be achieved. That we can really understand peace. Unless our hearts have been healed, there's really no way for us to possess what is being talked about here. Unless our hearts are healed, there's no way then to bring peace to others, to societies, to cultures, to the whole world. Now, the, the word where it says, the, the word peacemaker, let, let's kind of break this up a little bit. And the word peace has the same meaning as the Hebrew word for shalom. And so it's, it's not just the absence of conflict. It's not just there is no tension but shalom is, is the understanding that life is full and complete and whole in the context of the individual and God. See, shalom only comes upon us, only is brought to us through God. And, and, and that's, the, that's the, <laughs> the stark truth, and it doesn't matter what you believe. And so those who don't believe in God, it doesn't matter what they believe or not. 
This is the truth, that shalom, peace, wholeness, a complete life only comes from the Lord. So shalom, peace, is about the entire person, everything about us, inside and out. And so we take this word shalom or peace, fullness, wholeness in the context of God, and we add the word maker to it. Peacemakers, shalom makers. And the meaning there is that we are just not recipients of God's peace. We are just not to be recipients of God's shalom, but we are also to to be a people who introduces it to others, that we would share this peace that we would share it with people around us, with individuals, with societies, with cultures, with the entire world. And so a peacemaker is a person who is pursuing the fullness of God and one that is offering that fullness to others. Blessed are the peacemakers. I think to better understand peacemaker, let's just kind of briefly touch on what a peacemaker is not. It's not a person who's just kind of easygoing, willy-nilly, just kind of goes with the flow no matter what. It's not a person who doesn't, uh, who doesn't care what people are doing. As long as it doesn't, as long as it doesn't affect me, it's, it's okay. In fact, peacemakers are not always, always tolerant. They're not always about, listen, you do your thing, I'll do mine. As long as our paths don't cross, that's fine. That's not a peacemaker. They are people who don't just want to appease other people, even if it's to keep the peace. Because appeasement never brings peace. Appeasement just kind of hides or suppresses the conflict that's really brewing. A peacemaker, from a biblical perspective, is someone who's not afraid to ruffle some feathers. Or make a few waves. Because fundamentally, they're an honest person. They don't say there's peace when there isn't any. If there's a problem, they call out the problem. They're honest with that. Ezekiel chapter 13, he is warning God's people against pretending that there's nothing wrong when there's a lot of things that are wrong. And then again in Jeremiah chapter 6, he writes that um, God says that my people have been healed lightly by saying peace, peace, when there isn't any to be had. See, a peacemaker is honest about what's taking place around the world, in their society, in their neighborhood, in their home, and even within themselves. If there's, they're willing to, they're willing to accept or admit failure. They're willing to admit that there's contention. They're willing to admit that that something is going on, and they're not willing to just to just kind of sweep it away and let the chips fall where they may. They don't pretend. They call tension, tension when they see tension. And blessed are the peacemakers. Because they're people who are willing to take some risks. They're willing to suffer pain. 
They're willing to suffer loss in attempts to bring shalom, peace to others. The peacemaker is willing to be misunderstood. They're willing to be wrong and they're willing to admit when they're wrong and ask for forgiveness. They're willing to do the difficult tasks of confronting or even rebuking a person. They don't want to let things slide. And, and, and sometimes, sometimes we need to let some things go and let some things slide. But there are other times where we need to stand firm and say, no, that's not right. Blessed are the peacemakers. And so you have this person who's willing to be truthful about what's taking place. And you have a person who's, who's willing to take risks. Bring those together and really... One who, one who wants to be a peacemaker has the heart of a fighter. And I know that just kind of, it, it, sounds, it sounds weird, like a peacemaker is a fighter, but in essence they are. Some people wage war, others will wage peace. And the word of God, it encourages this idea of shalom over and again throughout the scriptures. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus to keep the unity of the spirits in the bond of peace. Romans chapter 12, he writes again that he tells us to live at peace with all people as far as we are able. And then again in chapter 14, make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. What can build people up and not tear them down. See, Blessed is the peacemaker because they know that their words can kill. And sometimes there's a lot worse killing going on than physical when we tear down and kill with our words. See, a person of God, a person who has the shalom and the peace of God within them, has a, uh, um, a, uh, a fierce gentleness about them. Here's here's the way James would write it. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Here is where a peacemaker is tolerant. They are tolerant in knowing that there is none righteous, including themselves. And so they will not expect, they will not demand from people what they themselves cannot be or cannot give. And that really is perfection. This is what a peacemaker looks like. Blessed are the peacemakers because they are honest about what is taking place around them, because they are honest about what's going on in their own hearts. They are sensitive to what other people are experiencing and feeling. They refuse to be satisfied with just this, this word play that everything is okay. They're willing to risk taking uh, suffering. They're willing to risk their own pain. They're willing to risk themselves They're willing to risk being misunderstood for the sake of making things right. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will even fight for peace. 
And the prophet Isaiah, in his book, he refers to the Messiah that is to come as the Prince of Peace. And he's pointing us to Jesus, that Jesus is our Prince of Shalom, God's fullness. In Luke chapter 2, when he was born, it's, it, it, he records that the angels appeared to the shepherds and he proclaimed, Glory to God on highest and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests upon. But Jesus knew that it wasn't going to be easy and it wasn't going to come cheap. See, we have his example that shows us the costs that could be incurred as a peacemaker. Colossians 1, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him, Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Making peace through his blood. Why don't you just take a minute and, and, and let that resonate? Jesus made peace by shedding his blood. He saw our predicament. He didn't ignore it. He didn't just try to sweep it away. But by sacrificial suffering, he made peace. Paul writes in Ephesians. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Who has made the two groups one as he destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. Paul's talking about the Gentiles and the Jews, that Jesus is bringing them together in this bond of peace. He actually becomes our shalom of God. He plants it within our hearts. He's making it new, and it changes us. In John's gospel, Jesus appears to the apostles and says, peace be with you, peace I give you, but it's not as the world gives He gives the fullness of God to us. And that plays itself out in our lives in a very distinct way. We look different as a peacemaker. We look different when we are being radically, radically transformed in our hearts. The heart is deceitful, wicked, beyond cure, except for the cross of Christ and his blood poured out. This is the way that we are changed. This is the way we are made different. And this is what we should look like. Him. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourselves. 
not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, our Prince of Peace, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. There is the signature. There is what blessed are the peacemakers look like. It's a costly enterprise, this thing that Jesus is asking of us. In part, I think it's because it's, it's not a natural human quality that we live such a humbling, looking out for others, serving life. I mean, at least not in perfection. See, peacemaking is a virtue that's been given to us by the power of the Spirit. Peacemaker shalom is God's gift, and there's no other way to receive it. You know, one of the fascinating things I, I, um, I've read about Gandhi is that he knew the Bible. And he liked this verse, blessed are the peacemakers. And many non-Christians will grab a hold of this verse and say that if we can just get a hold of this, then the world will be a much better place. And that's very, very true. But what they're missing, and even what Gandhi missed, was the lordship of Christ. Because true peace can only come from a renewed heart. A renewed heart can only come from the power of the Spirit at work in the heart. And they missed it. And they miss it still today. Apart from Christ, apart from Christ, there is no real lasting fullness of life. There will never be. No one gets there on their own. No one can just muster up the shalom of God and grab a hold of it. See, the problem is that we don't get to the heart of the matter, which is the heart. That's what's the matter. Without the grace of God, without God's grace poured out upon us, we are enemies toward God, which means that we will continue to be enemies toward each other. And the Spirit of God, when it enters in, begins to shape and heal who we are, begins to shape and heal this this wicked thing within us, and begins to produce the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness gentleness, self-control, the nature of a servant, humility, valuing others above yourself. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. There's the promise, the reward, children of God. And the way this is written is with all the Beatitudes. Only the peacemakers will be called children of God. And it's God himself who assigns this title to us. It's God himself who invites us into this relationship. 
John chapter 1, it talks about that those who are willing to receive and believe in him, he's given the right to us to be called his child. And when we begin to be transformed, when we begin to live as the Prince of Peace, the only begotten Son of God, when we begin to look like him, God says, be blessed. You are now a peacemaker. You are now a child of mine. So I was thinking this week, um, peacemaker or troublemaker? Where do I fall into that? And I think we all have to answer that question ourselves. We, we can look kind of on the inside and, and see kind of where we land. What I know for a fact is others are judging us, whether we're a peacemaker or a troublemaker. And I would probably have to admit there have been times where I have made more trouble than peace. We all have reputations inside of the church world. We all have reputations outside in our, in our, just, in our daily living. Like if you're a person who loves to create uh, discontent for the sake of discontent, you may just be a troublemaker. If you want to play, or if you're always playing devil's advocate, which I can never really understand. Why would you advocate for the devil? Oh, silly, bald pastor. It's just a saying. I wonder if it really is. But if you're always playing the devil's advocate, you just might be a troublemaker. If you're always finding fault, if you're always overcritical about other people, well, first I would say you're probably seeing in them the things that you really don't like about yourself, and that's why you're critical. But if you're overcritical, always finding fault, you just may be a troublemaker peacemaker. But here's the beauty of the gospel. See, we all fall short of the glory of God. That's what the scripture says. We all kind of fall into these negative habits. We all struggle with sin. We all struggle, struggle with the sin of troublemaking. But by his blood, we can know peace. See, Jesus Jesus knows we're never going to get to perfect. He knows we're never going to perfect this idea of perfection. But what he is looking for are these qualities imperfectly present in your life. Are these things that are beginning to birth in you? Are these things growing Are you walking towards the things of God or away from them? Are you walking towards being a peacemaker? Are you just enjoying your troublemaker status? Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. But I think we have to go back and just ask ourselves even even a, a better question. Right now, as you sit here this morning, are you experiencing for yourself the peace of God? Are you experiencing the fullness of God? Because if you're not, 
he will never be able to give it away to others. And if you're not, here's the beauty. You get to ask, and he will give it to you. It's his will, it's his desire, it's his passion to pour out peace on his people. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called children of God, God's children. He desires to love them beyond what we could imagine, beyond what we could envision, beyond what we understand. Are you experiencing the peace of God for yourself? And just take a minute in silence and just ask, pray. And so, Father, we desire this peace, the shalom. Would you pour it out upon your church that we may pour it out upon the world? May we receive it as a little child. Find joy in knowing that we are your children. And that you love us right where we are. But you love us so much you don't want us to stay where we are. And so you continually call us. You call us deeper. You call us You call us to repent and you stand with your arms wide open waiting to receive each of us. Forgive us for that troublemaker streak that we all have. Bless us into being a peacemaker. praise you and we love you and it's in the name of Jesus that we stand before you amen amen I love you guys we'll see you next week